This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hello everyone, it's your favourite podcast host here, Joe Redman, just letting you know that the TalkSport fan network is now proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football on the Sports Social Podcast Network is brought to you by BetVictor. With mixed market bet builders, in-play betting and a selection of welcome offers, Make sure your Premier League is spent with BetVictor's Premier Betting app. 18 plus, BeGambleAware.org. NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. This episode is brought to you by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club is fighting for a chance at promotion. These two Hollywood stars lead a team in the midst of history in the making, while dedicated staff and supporters hold on to a dream of returning the team and this working-class town in Wales to glory. FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres September 12th on FX. Stream on Hulu. What a bowling! Scott Arfield! He's been threatening that recently! And all the Burnley players run to the Darwin end! Burnley win the next ball. It's Rory now. He's gone the outside. He's Quickly finds Benson in space at the byline. Can Burnley get a goal here? Back for Brownell. Saved by the keeper. Yeah! Burnley That is magnificent. They deserve that. Can he go on the outside? Comes inside. Comes out the shot. Oh, what a goal! Manuel Benson once more! 
Lee's top class. Burnley have done it. Fantastic. Clarence deserved the championship title. They've been the best side throughout the campaign. Burnley have won the second tier. What a fantastic achievement. The players have been magnificent. Hello everyone and welcome along to the first ever Turfcast podcast pre-game show of the 2023-24 season uh, with me, Joe Redmond, ahead of, uh, well, the start of the new season. And of course, unfortunately, we're all buzzing about this new season, but unfortunately, it's Manchester City, the champions of Europe, the champions of England, and of course, treble winners, FA Cup um, winners. Um, so that excitement does seem to have faded a little bit, I think, with the fan base, which is understandable um, because like, we are tired of City, aren't we? Like I was saying to um, some of the other creators that I was talking to this week, like it's it, it's it's good. And obviously, you want to play the best teams, of course you do. Um, but it's, it's just a running joke in Berlin, isn't it? We get beat 5-0 off City. Uh, and then the joke was that when we got relegated, or at least we don't have to play City this season, lo and behold, we'll get him in the FA Cup and get stuffed even more. Um, so, yeah, I'm tired of City. So it's a good thing um, in a way that we're getting this game out of the way, I suppose. But is this a good time to play Man City? Who knows? We do have Amos waiting in the wings from the City Report podcast, and I will bring him in in just a second. Um, but, of course, the breaking news in the last hour, of course, I'm recording this Wednesday night. Um, so the breaking news, in the last hour is that Sander Berg has officially signed for Burnley, which means he will be eligible, eligible easy for me to say, um, uh, to play against City on Friday night. I think he slots straight in. I put it out on Twitter personally. With Cullen injured and looking like he will be missing, he will be missing um, the first game on, on, on Friday. I'd go with Cork and Sander Berg. Some people were saying, nah, I'd play Cork and Brownell. Like, what's the obsession playing Brownell at that position? I, I wouldn't have Brownell in that defensive midfield role, personally. Um, I'd keep Brownell um, behind the behind the um, in the front, sort of like the, the, the three lads behind the, the the main striker. I know some people uh, don't want him there either, um, but that's where I'd play him. I think it's probably a little bit early for Amduna um, to play in that role, um, and I think Twine will, will, will just get bullied off the ball um, against some of the best midfielders in the world. Let's be honest. Um, but I, I think he plays on Friday night, depending on how his fitness levels is, because I know he's had a, a couple of injuries over the last couple of seasons. Um, so we'll see on that, but I think he slots straight in, and I think a, a, a double pivot role of Cullen and Sanderberg is a decent defensive sort of like midfield role, but even better um, when it's Cullen uh, and Sanderberg. I love Cork, um, he's been a great servant to the club, but I think a lot of people would agree with me um, that he's a little bit past it now. I think he's older than me, he's Jack Cork, you know, um, and that's old for a footballer. Um, so yeah, Sanderberg and Jack Cork in there for me this week. Um, probably still get beat because it's Man City. Um, but yeah, anyway, like I said, we do have Amos waiting in, in the wings. Sorry, Amos waiting in the wings on the City Report podcast. I will bring him in now. Uh, there he is. How you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm all good. I'm all good. Ready to get going now. Uh, again, now it's been a longish summer. Obviously, we've had stuff to celebrate. You've had stuff to celebrate as well. <laughs> it's so been it a great summer. It's been it's a the great clash summer. of the champions, isn't it? At Turf Moor and I like that. I like that. We'll 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 um we'll bill it as that. We'll bill it as that. The clash of the champions. Um, but yeah, but what a season for you guys. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I had a brilliant year last year. 
Um, I've said it on the podcast and on other places so many times. Last year was my favourite season ever following Burnley. I know I've, I know we've achieved more, um, finishing seventh uh, and things like that, and staying up in the Premier League is obviously a bigger achievement than winning the Prem, uh, than winning the Prem, than winning the Championship. Um, but just just for the the, the enjoyment and, and the way we beat teams and the style of football that we played, it, it was fantastic. It was brilliant, but. That obviously is small in comparison to the things that you achieved last season. So talk to me about last season. That that must have been something that you'll obviously remember for the rest of your life. It must have been absolutely fantastic to to witness and live. I think there's some Manchester United fans who would say finishing seventh is a bigger achievement than winning the league, especially in the last few <laughs> years. But um, yeah, I know what you mean. I, I, I guess to, to draw the comparison between City and Burnley and the seasons they had, it just makes so so much difference when your your football team is playing enjoyable football, and and that allows yeah, you really to does. enjoy it even more. Obviously, you you welcome Vincent Company, who is well a a, a treasured icon. You see behind me an Andalex scarf. I went over to watch him manage whilst he was over there in Belgium, and obviously, you know, he's he, he's he's a gem for City fans. The statues outside the stadium, you know it, but. To have seen yeah. another football club get to experience that was quite reassuring, quite nice as a City supporter to know that he is out there in good hands. But yeah, winning the treble, it was it was almost, it, well, it came out of nowhere, obviously. You don't expect to win the treble, but considering how City were going around January, February time, it didn't look like we'd ever get a trophy that season. It looked like it was going to be one of them campaigns. Arsenal will win the league. FA yeah. Cup will go to whoever. We'll get knocked out of the Champions League quite early on. It will be one of those seasons. But lo and behold, Istanbul, June 10th, the unthinkable happened and, and how thankful we are that it did. Yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's one of them seasons that will go down in Fort Lauderdale. And not to bring it up, but people still talk about 1999 now. Um, you know, and I had no affiliation to Manchester United, but I still talk about 1999. So it's going to be one of them things that, uh, that people will talk about forever. Um, just looking ahead to the season then for next season, I, I do like to get your thoughts on, on how you think City will do because I look at it and I, I just think that there's going to be a natural drop-off from, from what you achieved last season. There's going to be a natural drop-off um, because your players that have been so up for it, so buzzing when they did it. Um, are, are you a little worried um, that, that maybe the fact that you achieved so much last season will affect you this season and your, and your players might not quite have the motivation to do as well? It's been talk of the summer, to be honest with you. Uh, pretty much as soon as that full-time whistle went in Istanbul and, and City were crowned European champions, pretty much the next day there were stories about players who wanted out. Obviously, Gundogan's yeah. contract extension, oh, sorry, Gundogan's contract was up. He was offered an extension but decided to move on. Uh, the likes of Laporte, Cancelo, Bernardo Silva, Riyad Mahrez, who obviously has moved on. But yeah. to be honest, it, it hasn't really been the, the big summer of change that was built. City have had two players leave. That will probably go up to about four. Cancelo and Laporte will will head on for Pasha's new. But Bernardo Silva's still going to be here. Kyle Walker's still going to be here. So for those people who thought that was the last time they're going to see the treble winning team in action and what a way to have gone out, it's probably going to be near enough copy and paste the same team on Friday night against Burnley. So there is a fear, I guess, of of maybe complacency of, like you say, that motivation not being there. But the only saving grace, I suppose, is the fact that Pep Guardiola is the manager and he spoke at length about yeah, you, how, how to refresh a winning team. You don't do mm. it with the same players. You don't do it with an overhaul of six, seven 
new faces in in at a time. It is those little tweaks over a gradual period of time. Two new faces coming in, two faces going out. So I think possibly if it was any other manager, there may be more phase. But given he's still at the club and signed an extension last year, I think they've probably been eased somewhat. Yeah, sorry to bring them up again, um, but it's obviously the only other club that has been as successful as you have in my lifetime. But Manchester United did that brilliantly, didn't they? They constantly refreshed the squad and yeah. Fergie made massive decisions. Um, and yeah, I can understand what, what you're saying there and what Pep Guardiola is saying. Um, Arsenal, of course, ran you very close last season. Not close enough. Um, I know you, you said there, January, February, it looked like you might not win anything. I agree with you there. I was always through Arsenal's start. Everyone like, Arsenal are like a better start this year than Liverpool and City did the year. They both got like 101 points or whatever. I was like, nah, City will win it. City will win it. City will win it. Then it got to like January, February, March. And I turned for about two weeks. And I'm like, I think Arsenal are going to do it. And that's when you just went, nah, we're steamrolling Arsenal now. Um, but they've improved. This is my point. I, I think they've improved massively. Um, spent a lot of money, though, so they should have done. Um, but I do think your squad, not your starting eleven, your squad is slightly weaker. Um, what are your thoughts going into the season? Do you think you're going to win the Prem? Do you think it's going to be a tighter battle um, if you do win the Prem? Or do you think Arsenal might just pick you? Or somebody out of Norway, like Chelsea, for example, unlikely, admittedly, but you know it's happened before. Yeah, I know what you mean. Last year, Arsenal were on course for a 100-point season. They, they were certainly on course to win the league until they weren't. And it was I was re-watching Premier League years, actually, um, during this week ahead of the new season. And I couldn't, I couldn't quite believe the drop-off from Arsenal and how rapidly mm. it happened. Because, like I said, they, they, they were absolutely cruising it until one day you wake up and suddenly City are five points clear. And I guess that is what Manchester City do. And under Guardiola, yeah. that's what they do. They just switch it on in the, in the second half of the season and suddenly the top of the table. I keep saying at the start of every year, this week I recorded my own uh, pre-season preview and I, I go, This is, I guess this is the year when City drop off because it feels like that's the case every single season. This time last year I was saying the same, the season before that I was saying the same, but it, it doesn't happen. And, and when you yeah. actually look through the competition at the top of the table, every team's got a flaw. I don't think Manchester United have enough goals in them. I don't think Chelsea have enough good players in them. They've got enough players, but I don't think <laughs> yeah. enough of them are good. Um, Liverpool have no holding midfielder, and we know from previous, well, pretty much every single trophy that's been won in European football over the last five years, you need a good holding midfielder. To, it's, the, it's the bedrock of a good team. Arsenal, obviously, they're the main competitors, but until they start producing the results in big matches, the Community Shield, I still hold a doubt over it. It was, you know, a late equaliser and it went to a penalty shootout. So until until they get those big scouts, primarily against City in the Premier League, I still hold my doubts. But um, I, I think I think they'll do well. Uh, I certainly think they'll be second place. I think, although I, I keep changing my mind. It, it changes every week when someone signs a new player and I think, oh, that could be the one, that could be the one. Something yeah. Liverpool could have a good season if they sort the midfield out. Yeah, I, th- I think with Arsenal, like, I, I do like them this season. They have got better. Um, I think, I, mean, I know you just brought in Guardiola, um, but I think up until, this is when I was talking about it more before you brought in that signing. I was like, oh, City are actually weaker this year, Arsenal are stronger. If Arsenal had 
a goal scorer, not even someone to Haaland's quality, but just just a goal scorer. Like Callum Wilson, for example, just somebody like that, I think they'd win the league. But to rely yeah. on Havertz to get like 20, 30 goals, it's just not going to happen, is it? He couldn't hit a cow's arse with a banjo. Like, he's, he's just not, <laughs> he's not good enough uh, in front of goal, it is Havertz. I do like Arsenal this year. And I think when I did a prediction recently, I did predict Arsenal to win the league, but I'm kind of doing it to be a little bit like, oh, look at me, not predicting mm. Man City, like that sort of thing. I, th- I think they're a goal scorer away. I do. I, I think, and it's I, easy I, I to say if they had a Haaland. I think Burnley would probably win the league if they had Haaland. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> I just don't understand why they just don't go out there and buy Wilson or, um, you know, so the lad at Villa whose name I've suddenly forgot off the top of my head. You know, just, just, yeah, they, you know, just, just, yeah. just, it doesn't have to be a world beating goals. Just someone who can put the ball. I know they've got Jesus, but as you well know, he's, he's injury prone. Um, but yeah, I, I think you'll win the league because of that. Even though. Predicted Arsenal and probably will predict Arsenal again just on separate videos of like, oh look at me. I think I think City do it because of the goal scoring. But I just I just think you're better in all departments. Uh, do you know it's a shame for Ivan Tony and for Arsenal that the bans happen because I think it'd be perfect yeah. for for them. Just you know a, a 25 goal a season and, and I totally agree. Gabriel Jesus was shipped out of City because his goal scoring rec- record was too patchy. Lo and behold, Erling Haaland comes in and scores 52 goals in his first season, and, and that's why City went on and did what they did last year especially in the second half of the season, even in the Premier League. I don't think without Haaland, City go on and really give Arsenal a good go at it because there was just a ruthless sense that had never been there before. And and I feel like with Arsenal, it's a little bit like watching City of two, three, four years ago where they create so many chances and they'll score loads of goals because they're a really good team and Saka and Martinelli and Erdegaard are fantastic players. But in those big crunch matches, they just seem to fall short. Every now and again, I do. I do like them. I do like them. I don't begrudge the success at all. I think they've done a really good job. But again, I agree. They're probably a goal scorer. Yeah. yeah, better Arsenal than Man United and Liverpool, though, right? That's probably why you're saying that. Always, always. <laughs> uh, moving on, obviously, it'd be remiss of me if we don't talk about Vincent Company, um, a legend at two clubs now. Well, probably more than two. I'm sure. I'm sure Randall will see him as a legend as well. Um, obviously, statue outside the Etihad. Um, I actually tried to go and see it when we played you in... I've seen it before, obviously. But I actually tried to go and see it and get a picture outside it with my Burnley shirt on and my little lad on me thing because I was walking around with my Burnley shirt out. They wouldn't let me in that part. That like, oh, you can't. That's what they all meant, mate. So I just, just want to walk around. I, I, I could see Burnley fans in there that I knew but weren't wearing colours. So I, 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 I did want to do that. But your stewards, they're too, they're, too, uh, they're too strict. And I couldn't take my bag in as well, annoyingly. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Away days are fantastic, especially when you win the league at Ewood Park. But there's still nothing quite like playing at home. The same goals for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Um, but he's <laughs> one of the, I had to pay about eight quid as well to keep it there, but I think it was more than that, actually. I think it was a tenner. Um, but anyway, we digress. Um, yeah, obviously, he's done very well as a manager. You said you've been kept a close eye on him. You went to Anderlecht to watch him. What are your thoughts on the job that he's done at Burnley? Because I think some people just look at it and think, ah, he spent X amount of money, of course, are going to win the championship. And he's got players in there like Josh Brownell, Jack Cork, of course, are going to win the championship. But obviously, we got rid of Dyer, who plays football in a certain way. Company came in and he wanted to play football the exact opposite. And to do that, he had to bring in a lot of players. So he had to get a lot of things right. It could have so easily gone wrong. If he'd have brought in five, six, seven duds, we could have been battling, you know, championship relegation. Obviously, company knows a player when he sees a player. So we shot up and won the league pretty comfortably. Um, but yeah, what, what are your thoughts on the job he's done at Burnley? It's funny, actually. Um, if you rewind 12 months, I've got a close friend who, who follows Burnley and covers Burnley, Will Lancaster. Um, and I said to him... Yeah, friend of the podcast. Indeed, indeed. And a friend of mine as well. Um, but he, he said, uh, he was asking me about Vincent Company and what, what to expect, you know, what, what I think Burnley will do. And, and more to the sense that this time last year, Burnley had about four players. They didn't have a shirt sponsor yeah. and it looked as if they're going to sort of nosedive into financial crisis. I said, I would be surprised if they finished inside the playoffs or, or, or worse that effect. It would be a good season if Burnley finished inside the playoffs. And then obviously first game of the season, away at Huddersfield, they break the record for, was it the most possession or something in, in a game? You know, And from from that point on, it was like, oh, bloody hell, this is, this is going to be a really good season. And probably by February time, the league was done and dusted. Bar a few blips, I think there was a Sheffield United get a defeat in there, you know, head scratching. But that that's going to happen when you implement a new style. And it was... I went. I went to Turf Moor to watch him. I think it was an FA Cup replay against Ipswich Town or something like that. Um, yeah. And it, it was fascinating because obviously at Turf Moor, your listeners will know, you're so close to the pitch and you could hear him barking out orders. And the blessing is that there's an old guy behind me, an old fella, and he was like in constant conversation. Not that Vincent Company was listening, just saying, "You're telling him the wrong <laughs> thing. You're telling him the wrong thing." Bless him with his little flat cap on. But I think the fact <laughs> that he's gone into a club like that. Where Sean Dyche is is again speaking of legends, you know he's he's heralded in that part of the world and at that football club to rip up the philosophy overnight, basically, and, and implement it in the Championship, which is such a notoriously difficult ground. You don't have the pitches of the Etihad, of Old Trafford, of Anfield, etc. You go into places, I know they said Kenilworth Road, but the Premier League teams will be doing that this <laughs> season. But you, you get the point. You go into the grounds where it isn't exactly the same and, and you may be yeah. being forced to play a different type of way. But he, he did it, he, he, and he did it so well. Such an incredible season. So, um. Yeah, it was it was really nice to watch, really good to watch, and absolutely buzzing for him. I'm glad he stayed at Burnley this season. Obviously, yeah. the Tottenham rumours were so strong, and I was like, you know, don't don't have your head turned, Vinny. You've got a good thing going there, and and yeah, he stayed, and it's looking it's looking like it. it's for Burnley and for Vincent Company's benefit. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, we're buzzing to, to have kept him. I, I didn't really feel like he'd leave. I feel like you can look at the examples of Lampard, who I feel left Derby too early. Mm. Um, Gerard, who also, I think, left Rangers too early as well. Uh, probably felt like he'd achieved everything he could achieve, to be fair, at Rangers. But I think he took the Villa job too soon. Uh, and that's why he's now managing in the Saudi League and Lampard's out of work. <laughs> um, whereas Vincent, I think he... He's an intelligent man. He, he, I think he knows he's onto a good thing here. I think he knows he can keep Burnley in the Premier League this season, potentially mm. even push for like top 12. And then the, everyone will, will, will give him so many plaudits again when he does that. 
Um, do you think for Vincent's career path now then, do you think there's an in-between? Like, do you think he goes from Burnley to somebody like Villa, you know, like a, a club that's a big club, but not like one of the biggest in the country, before he then goes on to Manic City? Or do you think he stays at Burnley until Pep leaves, for example, and, and then maybe takes over from Pep? It's interesting, and and I guess it all depends, and it all hinges on what happens to Pep Guardiola, because because as things stand, his uh, Guardiola's contract is set to expire in twenty twenty five, so the end of what would be next season if we count this season as as the one that starts yeah. on Friday. So will he be ready to take the City job at that point? Perhaps I I I really don't know. There's obviously a possibility that Guardiola extends again and keeps it rolling on a year or two. Um, Personally speaking, if it was to happen in 2025, I feel like City would probably need a stopgap in between their next manager to make sure the drop-off isn't too harsh because that's going to be natural when you lose Guardiola. But somebody who's established in the European game, who has a a, a roster of uh, senior managerial caps to his name as well. But I also think Vincent Company will probably need... you, you mentioned Villa. I, I was thinking maybe abroad, something like Ajax, Borussia Dortmund. Obviously, yeah. he's, he's got the languages in his in his uh, back yeah. pocket, so that that wouldn't be an issue. But just to get that feel of winning top European leagues and playing in the Champions League, not to say you can't take Burnley to Europe. You look at Brighton, you look at Brentford, the seasons they had last year. It is entirely possible, but. That medium level club, I guess, is what I'm looking to say in the European landscape. I think that is probably where he should go next. But if Guardiola leaves in 2025 and Vincent Company still at Burnley, I don't think anybody would expect the talks to be anything other than Company taking over. It's interesting what you say there, though, isn't it? Because a lot of people have gone into clubs and the job's been either A, too big for them. I don't think the City job will be too big for company because mm. how, how well he knows the club. Um, but like you said, there's a natural drop-off. Um, mm. It's a different sort of example, but um, when we lost um, Owen Coyle, like, it was just so much turmoil and stuff. And then we brought in Brian Moores. It was never going to... I think anybody after him, because we loved Owen so much and then hated him so much because of what he did. Um, I think no one was ever going to work. Again, sorry to mention them, but it's exactly the same thing as when, when Moyes went into Manchester United after Perfect. Fergie. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, was, it, was never, it was never going to work, um, no matter who they brought in. So that is interesting. Um, speaking of his managerial career, though, how high is his ceiling? Because I genuinely believe that this man goes on to win titles uh, across Europe. Uh, I think he'll win the English Premier League with Sitter when he's given the chance to potentially win win something in the Belgian league with Anderlecht if he goes back there or, or as you mentioned, Ajax, somewhere like that. And who knows, maybe even manage Belgium at a World Cup. I, I genuinely believe from the start that he's had, I might be getting ahead of myself, but the start that he has had in his managerial career that he will go on to be one of the not greatest managers the game's ever seen. Like, let's just let's just relax a little, but it go on to be thought about it in you know a, a similar sort of breath of, of some really, really great managers and, and achieve some really, really big things in the game. Vincent Company definitely has the capability to go on and be the best manager of a generation. Um, I, I think that's that is clear to see even this early on. You look at his Anderlecht career; he went in and the the place was was falling apart, and quite literally as well. That you know the, yeah. the facilities were substandard, but uh, off the pitch, the issues they faced in terms of financial uh, financial crisis. They had the Belgian police knocking on the door at one point in the in the headquarters office. You know, essentially, it wasn't. It isn't remiss to say that they were close to perhaps maybe somewhere down the line going into liquidation. You know, a big club like Anderlecht, they were in absolute free fall. But he stabilised the ship there. 
he didn't necessarily go on and win a Belgian Pro League title. I think he took them to a couple of cup finals. He had a European campaign in there as well. But he exceeded expectations there. Suffice to say, he's exceeded expectations already with Burnley. And, you know, if I'm to do a Premier League prediction, I reckon it's going to be a comfortable mid-table finish for Burnley. Um partly because the, the quality of the league at the bottom of the table, at least, is, is pretty dire heading into the new season. But because he is a manager who firstly understands the Premier League, but second of all, applies himself in such a way which only really breeds success. You mentioned the names yeah. of Lampard, Stephen Gerrard, etc. They went into jobs and they didn't have a clear philosophy. Lampard spent, what, 18 months at Chelsea, two years. I, I wouldn't be able to tell you at all what he was trying to do. When he went back last season, it was even worse. He's, 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 yeah. It was like watching a, a parent manage the grassroots football team. The coaching was so substandard. Obviously, that's not the case with with company. And the the um, the benefit is also having that rubber stamp seal of approval from Guardiola. He's a, how many times have we said, you know, Guardiola's disciples go on and have fantastic careers in management? He's one of those. And, and I truly expect him to go on, like you say, and win multiple trophies across multiple leagues in Europe. Yeah, exciting times if you're a Vincent company. Um, definitely, I, I do agree with that. I think he goes on to, to, to achieve a lot as a manager in the game. Uh, anyway, moving on to the actual game itself, if we must, because we've got to talk about that at some point. Um, it's it's going to be probably a procession. Like, I, I know I, I do try and be positive, and the last year I, I was very positive. Uh, but back in the Prem now, having to play the European champions on the first night of the season, the team that always dicks us, not even just beats, I think there were once where you beat us 1-0. Um, every other time it's been like, obviously we beat, I think we beat you that, that, at that time as well, obviously as well with Boyd, but that was before you were like really good. That yeah. one, you were just a bit good. Um, yeah. So, it, yeah, it's, I'm expecting a defeat, if I'm honest. Um, I do think it'll be a little bit closer than previous seasons. We might nick a goal, uh, maybe something like 3-1. Um, but is there any hope for Burnley? Like, do, do you think that Burnley could get a result? Like, I know you're going to be confident. Obviously, I'm not expecting you not to be. But City are notoriously slower starters. Like, in the first six months, you're not as good as you are in the second six months. So, could we take a little bit of confidence from that, you think? Uh, and, and, and maybe nick a draw? I was going to say, I was going to say exactly that. City start season slow and they start season slow on purpose. It's something that Pep Guardiola has banged on about. The fact that if you look at City's uh, pre-season schedule, uh, Community Shield including, they've played four matches so far since returning. Usually last season, including the Community Shield, it was only three. And one of those, half of the game was rained off. So they, they purposefully have minimal amount of football in their legs heading into the new season because they know when it comes to March, April, May, they can then go on and kick uh, kick, kick on and, and win the trophies. So I think under the lights, cliched, but it matters, especially at Turf Moor, first game of the season. Obviously, Burnley's second game of the season was postponed against Luton. So this is yeah. as good a free hit you're ever going to have for a first game of the season. Burnley are not expected to win the match, which lends into their hands perfectly because they've got a good what week and a half in between the matches. This is essentially a pre-season friendly for Burnley if you expect them to lose. So I think there's a real possibility that they could catch City sleeping. There's a Super Cup game for City on the Wednesday night in Athens against Sevilla. So that's a, something in yeah. the back of Guardiola's mind. Newcastle at home is City's next game after that. So I, I think I don't think it's it's out of the question that Burnley get a get a result. You know, I don't think it's out of the question Burnley get a win. 
Um, so I certainly think there is stuff to play for for Burnley. Interesting. You sound more confident than me for, from the Burnley side of things. I just, I, 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 it's like it's, we've got injuries as well. Benson's looking like he's not going to be there. Um, I think the Vincent Company press conference is tomorrow, so we'll know more then. Uh, unless it's today, and I missed it. I've been out with the family, so apologies if I, I've got that wrong. Um, Cullen's looking like, well, I know if Cullen's not going to play. Uh, Cullen's not going to play. And just, just, there's that coupled with the fact that you are very good and you beat us convincingly every single time. Honestly, even if we're playing Arsenal tomorrow, I'd be, sorry, not tomorrow, on Friday, I'd be a lot more confident. It's just because it's you and I'm, I'm fed mm. up here. Absolutely fed mm. up in Man City. Um, and it's weird saying that because uh, there's been like this sort of like mutual sort of like respect now between City and Burnley because of the company thing. Uh, but still completely that side of it where I'm still absolutely fed up with you as well um, at the same time. Uh, predictions then for the game? What, what, where would you, um, you know, put your neck on the line? What, what sort of score are you going to predict for this one? Uh, I'll probably sound a little bit like Guardiola myself where he does that thing, you know, the best team in the world, the best opponents you've ever seen and they go on and win 5-0. But I, I don't. I, I genuinely, I don't think it's going to be five nil. I, I could see the three one that you said earlier. Um, I could see, you know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna do a hot take, hot hot prediction, I could see Burnley taking the lead um, in the game. Um, the City fight back after that. You, you know, you always have to say City probably win the game, and and that's that's yeah. likely how it's going to happen. But like I said, if come Friday evening it's one one, one nil to Burnley, five nil to City. You know, any result possible. So. Um, City win will do, I suppose. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, I can't really knock that prediction. I'm predicting it myself. Like I said, I'm saying three one to City. I do normally like to sort of like then get people's predictions now where they think Burnley will finish in the league. But you've said you think we'll we'll finish mid table. Just want to expand on that and and why you think we'll finish mid table. I know you said there's a lot of dross down at the bottom. Uh, that's part of it. But um, obviously, I'm sure you've seen, like you said, you saw Burnley play last season. So is that coming to your thinking as well? Uh, well, I already know Luton, Wolves, and Sheffield United are being relegated anyway. So that's yeah, that's we all yeah, that's literally spot. done in it. It is done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, we may as well fast forward to May. Um, but yeah, like you say, obviously, what what what's really impressive with Burnley's recruitment this season, and I, I still think there's a, a couple of holes, but it has been it, mm. it's been done. It, they've recruited players for the playing style and I think that's really uh, beneficial when you see a team doing that Brentford spent their first couple of years in the Premier League doing the same Brighton have built their entire brand on doing that and I think when you have players in there who will know the manager they may not be the most well-known names in terms of you know I'm looking at Luton for example today they've unveiled the signing of Ross Barkley and, and that's probably a marketing ploy have not they? really yeah yeah, Did, yeah. I missed that, that, that reaction that reaction says everything, <laughs> doesn't it? Um, but with Burton, you know, it, it's smart recruitment. It's really smart recruitment. And, and I reckon that it, I don't think they'll go up and pull trees. I don't think they'll, you know, maybe they might get a scalp here and there. But I, I think it'll be a comfortable campaign, partly because of the dross at the bottom of the league. But the other hand of it is that business company is a very accomplished manager. Yep, fair enough. I agree with that. I think I predicted this week um, that we'll finish between 11th and 14th. Um, so, yeah, I'll take that. Uh, I do think we stay up and I think we stay up. Come to My only worry is the start of the season because we've got you probably a defeat. And we're obviously not going to get a point at the week after because we're, mm. we're meant to be playing Luton, so there's nothing there. Then it's Villa at home. Um, and then is it um, Spurs at home? Then not long after that, we've got Man United as well. So I, I think mm. my worry is we're going to start slow and then we're playing catch-up. And that's the year we went down. That's why we went down. We started slowly. Mm. Then we couldn't 
you know, there was so much pressure on us, and then there were players were making mistakes, and we just never really got out of trouble. Um, so that's my worry. But I do think we have the players and the manager to drag us out of it. Um, but just before we go, mate, we're going to wrap it up there. It's been absolutely brilliant chat. It's good to have the pre-game shows back. It's good to chat to fans of the opposite clubs because to meet new people as well. Um, do you just want to let everybody know where they can find City Report podcast and how they can digest your content? Yeah, of course. Uh, City Report Pod on all social media. I'm at Amos Murphy underscore if you want to digest any more Manchester City news or, con- or, or contest those opinions that I've just said. Come and shout at me <laughs> why you think Burnley will actually qualify for the Champions League. Yep, happy days, mate. Well, it's been a pleasure. It's been a good chat. Um, I'll, I'm sure I'll speak to you at some point later in the season as well. Good luck for the rest of the season, but of course, after Friday. Thank you very much. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates have already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Ornament delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.